everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Civics on Democracy. I'm Daryl Lando with Conserve Democracy. Today's episode is going to focus on prisons in Canada and Ontario and whether to reform or abolish or what to do with them. And for those who may wonder, what's the connection between this and democracy? Well, in first of all, this falls under the third pillar in our model, which is justice and the rule of law. And it also uh, it falls in line with the current uh, societal debate and uh, upheaval and, and that's going on with respect to Black Lives Matter and Indigenous Lives Matter and the police and and the whole justice system. Um, and so really this may be the next focus after policing as to institutions that need to be uh, either reformed, abolished, radically transformed. Um, and in my mind, it has always been a kind of a test of the humanity of a society as to how much it cared about prisoners. Many societies don't, and and we've often had a uh, sort of lock them up, throw away the key uh, attitude to um, tough on crime, war on drugs, all those sorts of things. Uh, but we ha- we need to do a rethink of that. So there's that and of course as usual our dialogue process is looking at how to talk about political issues in a in a respectful way it's also looking at uh valuable journalism and so we've got two articles again that we're going to be discussing you can find them and more information on our website conservademocracy.ca but basically there's a justin ling article uh, about how prisons are failing that was in the Canadian Bar Association's periodical. Um, I think it's National Magazine. And then there's another piece, um, uh, I think Laura McKeon, uh, who wrote it in The Walrus, uh, about women's prisons and how that whole system is failing. And so I'm going to be, once again... Uh, uh, welcoming back uh, a guest that we had last week. So stay tuned. Okay, so uh, I want to welcome once again, uh, back by popular acclaim, uh, Faria Amin. So hi, Faria. Hi, Daryl. Thanks for having me on again. Is there anything that you... Uh, trying, you know, that um, y- that you tend to find or that you keep in mind when talking about politics? Um, yeah, I definitely find, like, what I personally try to do is definitely listen to the person and just kind of keep an open mind. But I do find sometimes when you're talking to people and they're very, um, like, stubborn about their beliefs, it can be hard to kind of get a point across. I mean, that sounds generally positive and, uh, but it's also uh, what we're, what we're trying to model, I suppose, because so many conversations don't go uh, so well. And, and I think as we both realize the topic that we're going to be tackling on, um, 
prisons and, uh, you know, whether, you know, reforming them or abolishing them or whatever uh, the solution is on these issues or keeping them as they are, it's a controversial topic. It, it's, uh, I think uh, it, it fits into the, the sort of zeitgeist of our age and the uh, Black Lives Matter and, uh, and so forth, Indigenous issues. Um, and, uh, mental health, all those kinds of things. So it's, it's uh, potentially a, a more difficult uh, discussion, but let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look forward to it. So uh, where we, according to the conversation structure that, uh, that we use, uh, we just start off, either one of us can kind of kick things off with general thoughts about the articles that we read. Uh, is, do you feel like you want to go first? Sure, I can. Yeah. Um, Even just before I read the articles, I've always had very like mixed emotions about prisons. I think it's like very human nature to when you hear about crime, you automatically think of the most horrible crimes and the most notorious criminals. And you just think of those really extreme cases. And it's definitely something that I've had to kind of question about myself. I think it's very just we've been conditioned to kind of think if someone does a crime, they deserve to be punished for, they deserve to go to prison. But yeah, like as I've grown and kind of um, studied social issues and stuff, there's definitely a lot of problems around prisons, around Canada's prisons. As you said, there's like mental health issues, there's racism involved, um, there's like gender, like one of our articles discussed why or like the reasons behind a lot of women getting into prison. So there's a lot of domestic abuse and like trauma involved. Um, And also just even thinking once they finish their sentence, like it's, they face so many barriers when they get out of prison. So I think um, the articles that we looked at, they did kind of reaffirm a lot of the views I had. I know one of them said that nearly 80% of women in federal custody had a mental health disorder, according to a 2017 government-led study. So stuff like that, definitely, um, I was kind of aware of it, and it just gave me more like stats and data behind it. But yeah, I don't know. They were very informative. I definitely learned a lot from them. Uh, and so, and I was, uh, I was reading them in the light of these, um, of the, uh, the conversation, the, the national conversation, international conversation and protests and so forth with respect to policing. And I know that, uh, you know, really the next to policing, probably the, uh, the institution that's going to be really a focus um, is is going to be the the prison system, um, and there will be calls. I don't know whether it would be to defund or you know or, or to to abolish um, or you know radically reform, and 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 it, you know really that has actually been going on for some time now, um, and so I was reading the articles in that light and. I, I'm generally, my inclination is generally to reform rather than abolish institutions. Uh, I, I, and I probably am still in that mindset, but it really is, it was a real eye opener. And I think 
anyone who's not informed on this issue would do well to read these articles because it is a huge mess and it has been a huge mess for a very long time. So it's very hard for people who are reform minded to continue to make the case that um, that reform is possible because it's been uh, advocated the same things over and over again for a very long time. Um, basically the message that the system that is intended to be about rehabilitation is really just about punishment and and the result of of that and what we get for our five billion dollars a year that we spend on uh this you know in quotes correctional system is uh very high recidivism rates so people reoffending at rates that are you know somewhere between um and it's this is where it gets a little confusing because apparently there uh, there are some stats that have it at twelve percent for women and twenty four percent for men will reoffend within two years. Um, and uh, and then there's other studies, and I, I think the official studies that I've seen of, on let's say the Ontario website suggests like forty percent or more um, reoffend. And so it's just that kind of revolving door and uh, and the system is not doing anything it's probably doing harm rather than any good in terms of people learning some lessons uh and it's particularly like you know when we talk about systemic discrimination it's because the impact is heaviest on uh black and in indigenous and people of color and and mentally ill uh people so it's um, yeah. So now, uh, I, I guess so. That's the difficult thing. I think that uh, it is a very complex system to try to both keep people segregated from the community and under tight security, and on the other hand, give them um, all the supports that they need to rehabilitate. Because these are some of the toughest kinds of life situations and and so forth so it's it's not an easy task i just don't see that the system is actually trying to really engage the complexity i think they're just trying to do what's easiest and that's just to um uh, keep people you know let's say uh, in solitary or or in um overcrowded conditions with almost no supports in place uh so i could keep going but um uh, why don't I just pause there and just see if you have wanted to, you know, respond or, or add anything yourself about that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you've brought up like so many good points and um, for starters, I think, yeah, before I definitely did think um, reform would be good. It would be enough. But I think one of the articles they mentioned creating choices, which was tried a little while ago, um, and it was like a form of prison reform, from what I understood. And it was really discouraging to read that it didn't go as planned. And I just worry, like, in an ideal world, yeah, we could have um, a prison system where it's rehabilitative, and this would keep our community safe from those very dangerous offenders. But I just worry that all this funding is going to go into another experiment and it'll fail and it's just really discouraging too because that particular um, prison was for women so I just don't want 
more vulnerable women to be the test subjects of these failed experiments. But definitely to what you were saying about um, the systemic discrimination, systemic racism, I think a lot of the crime that is committed by especially indigenous people is because of generational trauma. So I do really hope that more funding can be allocated towards social services, mental health services to kind of address these issues at the root and help them heal rather than um, having a solution for after they commit a crime, kind of a reactionary solution. I want I hope that we can get to a place where we address these head on and before head first and before anything bad has to happen. I uh, and yes, and and so some of what you were referring to comes out of the uh, McKeon article in the Walrus that really focused on uh, the situation of women and whether you know, given that most women are nonviolent. Uh, do they really need to be locked up? Um, and couldn't we, you know, at least, um, you know, in those situations, try to focus on something that was more innovative, uh, you know, using, let's say, models that come from elsewhere where they've done some interesting things. Uh, and, and so, yeah, and unfortunately that, that hasn't happened. I, I, I did think there were certain certain things that were talked about in the article, uh, you know, th things where the, they had, they did some visioning from the inmates themselves uh, of what they would want to have. And they talked about having, uh, you know, a community in a, in a kind of natural setting with no fences or, um, or really not, not necessarily having guards or at least not like, or, or guards that uh, maybe were not, um, prison guards in that sense and lots of mental health supports and jobs and schooling and so forth. And I thought, well, yeah, that might be, you know, that might be an ideal rehabilitation model, but I think that things like that would be a very hard, um, I would think a very hard political sell. Uh, so I, I do wonder whether some of the ideas are practical in that sense. And, and, you know, given that in the, general community, people who are, um, are not convicted of things also are deprived of a lot of the key supports that they would want and need uh, to give extra to the prison population may be a difficult sell, but probably as a society, we should think that it's well worth raising everyone's, raising the standard for everyone in that respect. So on that Let's just say, with respect to this issue in general, uh, out of 10, how important do you consider it? Um, to me, I will say before it was not like something that I was very passionate about. Um, I always did think having prisons be more rehabilitative rather than punitive was something important, but it's not a topic that I've thought long and hard about. But after reading these articles, I'd say it's about a seven, especially because it is very prevalent now, as you said, because of Black Lives Matter and calls for reforming or abolishing the police and how that connects to changing prison systems. Um, also, these articles did bring to light quite a few like things that I was not aware of, especially how inhumane the solitary confinement could be and how it's actually a human rights issue and topic now. I had no idea that it was that bad 
So it's definitely something that I'm way more interested in now. So I'm really glad that I participated in this and got to do the research for it. Well, and, and that's part of what uh, this is about, is trying to encourage other people to really um, inform themselves about that. And, and so, yeah, for me, for, for a long time, I've considered it that uh, being concerned about prisoners is a good, really important litmus test of a society's conscience. Um, and unfortunately, that's a population that often gets the least, you know, among the least uh, compassion uh, so you know for I would say for me it's like a an eight out of ten issue and and I think that it's it really is very uh, important and kind of top of mind for some of the populations that we have made mention of who are um, sort of uh, historically uh, uh, underprivileged and, uh, and oppressed and so forth is that this is a, a very important issue for them the statistic that 30% of Canada's prison population is indigenous, mm -hmm. um, very over overrepresented compared to the, their population. Uh, and, and you could say something similar in terms of overrepresentation for uh, the other, for, for black, for, for mentally ill, you know, those kinds of uh, groups. It's um, that's, that's what breeds, it breeds this narrative that that really this is a colonial system, it, it just in, uh, with the intention of uh, just segregating and warehousing and 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 controlling, uh, you know, uh, black and indigenous bodies and 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 all the, and the unwanted of society, and so if you know people who are more let's say liberal minded and um, reform minded, like, you know, like myself, if we, if we really want to say that, well, that narrative isn't the whole truth, well then unfortunately we have to be willing to do something about these kinds of issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and, and it hasn't happened for a very long time uh, because it's, it's very politically difficult. I think is, is one of the key issues. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, like, definitely the power dynamics and the structures, um, the, like, set, the racism in who's imprisoned, I think there's so many power dynamics that are completely uneven with prisons, whether it's, like, just who's getting imprisoned or even between, like, prison guards and stuff. I think a lot of people know about, like, the Stanford prison experiment, for instance, like, people get on power trips, and it's just so unfair that these people have to bear the like all this abuse and I think definitely I do agree that it is something that's hard to sell politically I don't know if I'm just unaware but I've personally never really heard of prison reform being something that's talked about like during election campaigns or anything I could be wrong but um not very much not very yeah. much yeah so I guess with something like this, if people really do want meaningful change, it has to be from the bottom up. It has to be something that's done at the grassroots level and reaches that high level of government because I don't think it'll be something that people campaign politically on or anything. It's so controversial and it'll definitely, um, like, I don't know, it'll definitely get some supporters, but it'll turn a lot of people away. So unfortunately, that's what we'll have to do. 
I think, uh, you know, in defense, I suppose, which I, you know, I probably shouldn't be doing, <laughs> but in defense of the system, uh, I would say that it's, you know, it's only in fairly recent times that we have gotten away from the tough on crime mm-hmm. politics that particularly emanated south of the border, but, you know, was championed here with, and, and under Stephen Harper with mandatory minimum sentences that uh, uh, and and also in the war on drugs and and you know just a, a lot of attitudes that we are only starting to get out of um, so it may be that the the prison system is kind of like the the going to be the vestige of of that until we can fully embrace these ideas and 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 maybe move to systems like in the in Norway and Netherlands and so forth where they've got a much more enlightened uh, mindset that is producing much better results. Um, so anyway, on, uh, why don't we shift to the, uh, the next question, and mm-hmm. to some extent the last question, which is uh, on this topic, was there any, any other information that you might have liked that would help you form your opinion on the subject, uh, or you know, maybe this, maybe the articles were sufficient. But uh, is there any further questions, kind of in your mind about this? Um, honestly, I feel like there are questions, but I can't think of any right now. I guess. Um, I mean, for me, I was I was somewhat hoping that there would be a position and more of the position taken of of defending these or giving the other side of it, which might be a defense of the status quo. But I think, I think that the status quo is virtually indefensible. At least no one would want to articulate it. Um, and so, uh, and I think, uh, yeah, so I, I, I think that there was, a, there was a discernible, to some extent, bias mm-hmm. in in the articles, sometimes in the way that, let's say, the Ling article was presented the government action or inaction under the Trudeau government on this issue, that mm-hmm. it made it sound like they were doing virtually nothing. Um, you know, maybe that's debatable, but uh, I'd like more information. But I did get the sense that it, it has not been a priority. But then again, the Trudeau, you know, a tr- Trudeau government has been kind of slow on, uh, mm-hmm. on a number of these issues. So... Um, all right. Um, good. So, and, uh, so I think that that's great. I, I, I don't know any final thoughts, let's say either about this or about the, about how this discussion has gone. Um, I guess I do agree with you. Like I do wish, even if they didn't give a defense of the current system, I do like the analysis you gave about like how our attitudes have kind of been like this for a long time so I do wish that maybe they'd provided some sort of context like that maybe um just to get both Mm. sides of the story but yeah like definitely I think both these articles did have the bias and I personally agree with it so like I was fine with it but it definitely would be interesting and like I would like to know um the other side of it or at least an analysis of why it is the way it is um in terms of how this talk went, like I did really enjoy it. I was a bit nervous talking about this just because it is like a very heavy topic, but I think it went well. 
Uh, and as do I, I think it has gone well. It's been very interesting to me, and I hope that um, uh, it's a conversation that uh, inspires others as well. And Definitely, uh, yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. And as we go, just a reminder to everyone, support journalism, support local news, public interest journalism, and you can do that in a couple ways, uh, even more, because we have a, a campaign that's been going on currently. But uh, paying something for news um, is important, and just uh, advocating in some way, you know, the fact that we need something that's going to save uh, and and make sure that journalism is on a secure financial footing going forward. Uh, government is doing something, but it may not be enough. It may not be happening fast enough. As we know from recent news, the number of closures of AM station, radio stations, TV stations, of course, newspapers during COVID, but also having roots uh, long before that. Uh, so just be mindful of that and feel free to um, reach out and support that campaign. Bye-bye. Thank you.